your girl Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghoulie Things. Ooh. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghoulie Things. And we're your bootyful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. And this is the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 39. Woo! And not only is it our 39th Quarantine Spooky Story Special episode, but it's our one year anniversary. One year anniversary. Yay! We lasted one year. It was so funny. I was talking to my parents and Mike yesterday, and I was saying, oh my God, it's our one year. Um, it's our one year tomorrow. And my dad was like, I always thought you guys were a wonderful couple. and it's crazy to think that literally a year ago you came over there was no coronavirus that we knew of and we sat down and we recorded our first encounters episode and I think we actually recorded like three episodes in like one day or we posted three episodes in one day something Um, like that and just doing it just for good old time friends to come together and do something and reconnect and then it's gotten so much bigger so um really great yeah I, I honestly could not picture doing this podcast with anybody else and Stop it. <laughs> I'm, gonna cry. I'm just so happy that we were able to reconnect over the years and be able to bond over not just musical theater but um our love for ghosts the and paranormal. paranormal all that good stuff so yeah cheers to more than one year year two year three year four year five and all the years yes so thank you guys for making this one year possible and for all of our boo things that have been with us since day one and even those that have been with us since day 365 if you're new you're a boo thing and you're a part of the celebration so thank you so yeah all right. Oh my um, god, I'm so excited. Yeah, we gotta we gotta come up with like a fun post or something like that today. Maybe I'll maybe maybe we'll do like a like we'll each take a video just like saying it's one year and then like I'll post them as one thing. Just okay. to like celebrate. Oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see figure if we, it out. Yeah, we'll see if we wanna put makeup on or whatever. I don't know. I look like shit, so we'll see. <laughs> stay tuned, guys. There may or may not be an, a video post, but there'll be something acknowledging this one year. Maybe a collage. Sure. A something. collage, yeah. Of, like, all of our episodes, or at least pick out some of our favorites. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's so weird, because I feel like every time, like, we end up talking about all of the episodes we've done, I always remember another episode that we did, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's my favorite episode. And I'm like, no, that's my favorite episode. Right? It's. Uh, I feel like I'm asking my, when I ask my mom who her favorite kid is, even though it's, like, obviously me, but that's hello. <laughs> yeah, like, I just... I don't. I can't. She's like, I can't pick one. You're both my favorite. Like, oh, Amy, that's how I feel stop. about the episodes. St- literally. But um, yeah. So without further ado, let's get into those encounter stories. All right. All right. This one is it. called "I Think I Brought My Imaginary Friend to Life." Ooh. Right. Okay. Starting off big. This is a true story that happened to me and my family. I wanted to share it on here because this is something that still to this day gives me the creeps, and I feel like this community is pretty open-minded for discussion. Now, I'm not going to say every single detail because it would be way too long. This started when I was six and stopped by age eight. Researching it, I think it might have been a poltergeist or a spirit trying to disguise itself. I'm not also not the best at telling stories, so this may be a bit repetitive. So, I'm at, so being an only child, I made up an imaginary friend that I called Joyce. 
She was another little girl that I spoke to, played with, even went as far as making a birthday party for her. Oh, that's so cute. I never physically saw her or 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 she never spoke to me. My parents didn't really think much of it and just let me be. The first weird thing that started happening was every day after school, a little girl would always call asking for me from different area codes. This was a landline phone, so when you left a voicemail, it would be played on speaker. Sometimes she would be angry with my mom, which was weird. Um, and what? Yeah, sometimes she would be angry, which my mom thought was weird. Sorry, I read that wrong. Um, and when she would answer, the little girl would hang up. My mom started noticing that these calls were from different states. This went on for three months. The second string of weird things was neighbors used to always say they saw a little girl at my window when we were out or when I was playing outside. They thought I had a sister. My mom would hear a lot of noises and footsteps. The scariest thing was when we came home and heard running upstairs and slammed doors. My mom immediately screamed because she thought someone broke in. The police were called and no forced entry nothing that someone and no forced entry nothing that someone broke in just nothing we would take pictures and i and i guess ghosts would appear a bride with long black hair appeared walking past my dad on the couch another time these ladies came out sitting at a table i could go on with weird scary experiences the scariest one was when the little girl or whatever the hell it was called again since it was late, my dad thought it might have been a work call. When he picked up, it was a crying little girl asking for me. My dad got goosebumps, and he's a skeptic. He told her that if she want, he told her what she wanted, if she wanted us to pray for her or what, and she hung up. After that, we went to church, and the rest and the rest of the day, uh, the rest of the next day, a priest came to bless the home. Pretty much everything calmed down after that. I'm thinking maybe it was something I thought was so real that I brought it to life. It kind of scares me how strong mentality can be. I mean, maybe it wasn't just an imaginary friend. Maybe it actually was a spirit of a girl I think so. that lived on the property. So, I don't know. I mean, especially if this person was a, like a younger girl when she started having this little girl attached to her. This girl may have died tragically, not really recognizing that she had passed away. She was alone and then realized there was a little girl that came onto her property and was like, hey, like, I want attention now. And you see yeah. me, I see you. Let's, you know, keep this bond. And she just didn't want to break it. So something like that. Yeah, that's it's like sweet, but also sad because like. Yeah, know. what scares me is that uh, when she called and was angry at the mom for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a jealous girlfriend type of thing. Yes, exactly. Stage five clinger, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you have? Okay, my next one is, because I actually did have that one. I didn't read it, the one that you had. I like mm -hmm. read the title, and I put that as like a possibility, but I have a few others. So this one okay. is titled, Possibly a Murder at the Levee. Years, yeah, so years ago, it was raining hard and it was very cold. The rain soon stopped. I was at the bar shooting pool and drinking beer, decided I want to go fishing. I couldn't get anyone to go with me, so I packed up my fishing gear and started out on my own. I, did, I headed out to the levee, which is by Stockton, CA. It's called Whiskey Slough. So as I'm driving, I noticed a huge fog bank headed towards me. I finally reached my favorite fishing spot. 
On one side of me is a cornfield, acres and acres of corn as far as the eye can see. Where I stopped is where a house and a ferry are located. On the other side of the river, straight across, is another levee with a road. On that road are potato fields as far as the eye can see. The fog is thick and I can see 10 feet in front of me. But I go ahead and set up my poles and my lantern. The lights were on in the house for the caretaker of the ferry. So there I am fishing in one of my favorite spots. I see headlights coming through the fog on the other side of the river. I don't pay a mind to it. I'm sitting there and I hear loud Mexican music being played and the vehicle had come to a stop. It's about 30 yards away from me across the river. I can't see anybody because of the fog, but I can hear voices. 20 minutes into the night, I can tell that there's a woman and two male voices. All of a sudden, the music stopped. I can hear the woman yelling in Spanish to leave her alone and keep their hands off her. I hear the two male voices laughing and argument ensues, and the woman keeps yelling in Spanish to leave her alone. Suddenly, I hear a splash in the water and a male voice yell, puta, and three gunshots. Bam, bam, bam. I turn off my lantern real quick and lay down on the road next to the bushes. I only hear the male voices laughing. I see their vehicle's lights turn on through the fog and watch them drive away as I laid there. I thought long and hard of my, as to what might have happened. I came to the conclusion that either they shot her or tried to scare her. I wasn't sure. Either way, I didn't like the bad feeling I got from that. I regained myself, stood up, and turned my lantern back on. Some minutes later, the caretaker for the ferry came out. She asked me if I heard any gunshots. To this day, I regret lying to her. I told her I was in my car because it was so cold and I didn't hear anything. She told me she heard, vo she heard shots. I once again told her I didn't hear anything. She retreated back to the house. I was sitting there fishing, thinking about what I just experienced. All of a sudden, there's a spotlight on me. It was the Stockton police. They approached me and asked for my ID, asked if I heard any shooting. Again, I lied. I was scared and didn't want to be a suspect if something bad had happened. They took down my information, and I was told that there had been shots fired out here, and, sh and was I sure I didn't hear anything. So after 20 minutes of interrogation, they got back in their car and slowly drove off. The lights were on in the car, and they just stared at me. As the red taillights are disappearing into the fog, I hear the flapping of wings behind me. I felt like something was standing directly behind me, flapping its wings. It sounded like a huge bird. I can feel the air from the wings on my back and went up and above me, almost in a whoosh. As I look up, I see something as big as a horse with wings. It had the body of a human with a long tail. It came out of the deepest bellowing, ha, 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 the most evil laugh I've ever heard. It went up and above me and into the sky, disappearing into the moon and fog. I can just see the silhouette more than anything. Immediately packed up my stuff and went home. This is where it gets interesting. When I got home, I woke up my mom and father. I told them what happened. My mom said, Mijo, I was going to tell you that I was going to tell you what your grandma told me. When something evil is going to happen, the demons are already there before it happens. What happened to you was a demon stayed behind to make sure that it followed through. She said, Mijo, you were visited by a demon. You need to go to church tomorrow and pray for it for it not to happen again. So I did. To this day, I believe in God, and I pray every day. I wish that I never had to experience that. I hope that it never happens again. It was forever stuck in my mind. Don't lose your faith and keep, and keep your way. Wow. So this person experienced a real demon. Uh-huh. And possibly a murder right before his eyes without actually <laughs> seeing anything happen, which is fucking nuts. That's terrifying. Yeah. And it just makes you wonder, like, was he meant to be there? Like, did the devil set him up to be there at that exact moment? And then in his, and like manipulate his mind to make him lie to the police mm -hmm. so that maybe they didn't go looking for this girl? 
So, yeah. Juicy stuff. The tea has been stirred and it is hot. The hottest tea of 2020. (laughs) Hotter than coronavirus. Facts. No, the coronavirus tea is lukewarm at Uh, best by now. uh, Yeah. You know what's Have you noticed, like, when you're, like, driving around with your parents? I feel like there's more cars now out on the in the streets than there were there definitely are i was on i was on like one of the busiest streets in my area a couple weeks ago and it was a ghost town and i was there yesterday and it's like full completely normal yeah yeah it's like i think people are like over it they're like all right like i i need to get some sort of life back sanity drive yeah because god only knows when we'll be back so but, I mean, for as long as we're quarantined, these quarantine spooky story specials continue, so. Yay! You know? I mean, not like yay quarantine, but yay spooky yay, stories. Yay spooky stories, exactly. <laughs> Don't get me wrong here. <laughs> All right, Lil, what's your next story? Okay, my next story is called, I experienced multiple strange phenomena when I lived in Melbourne. And this one is kind of a long one. Okay. All right. It happened about three years ago when I first arrived in Australia to study for my bachelor's degree. I lived in a share house with three housemates, including the landlord. It was a sweet little house with a small backyard and garage. One night, I was smoking on the front porch. In front of me was just a fence and a footpath about one meter wide leading to the backyard. Then I heard what sounded like a woman's sigh. I noticed it, but shrugged it off. I thought maybe it was my own breath. After a few seconds, the same sound can be heard again. I held my breath and listened closely. Then there it was again. The sound came from a little bush near the fence, only one meter apart from me. I turned on my phone flashlight and looked for the source. It wasn't the neighbor either because it was almost midnight and my neighbor's house was already dark. I came inside and told one of my housemates about it. We went to the front porch together and waited, but the sound can't be heard. So we shrugged it off. Maybe it was someone's snore and we went to bed. A couple of days later, I had just come back from campus in the afternoon. When I opened the front door, my housemate barged out of his room, pale as hell. He said he heard the cabinet doors in the kitchen were being opened and slammed shut repeatedly for about 20 minutes. He was alone in the house, so he didn't dare check. Then I went into the kitchen and found nothing broken. The doors were fine. No glass had been shattered. I thought maybe he heard the neighbor working with a hammer. The housemate was not the only one I told about the sigh in the bushes. So I don't think he was imagining something due to my story. Um, oh, this housemate was not the one I told. Okay, so it was a different housemate. Uh, so I don't think he was imagining something due to my story. Though it was strange that he said he never heard the slamming sound before and he had been living there for a year. A few days later, I woke up at 3 a.m., of course, feeling an intense fear, almost like a terror and enough to kick my fight-or-flight reflex. I felt like there was something in my room staring at me even though I can't see it. I jumped out from the bed and turned on the light. I looked around. There was nothing unusual. I couldn't fall back to sleep after that. The last encounter happened about a week later. It was around 2 a.m. I wrapped myself in a blanket and prepared to sleep. After a couple of minutes, I heard the same sigh that I had heard a week ago. It came from the background. I was scared, but I tried to ignore it. The sigh could be heard again and again, and each time it got closer to my window. My bed was right near the window, so I can hear clearly if the sound was coming closer. I turned my back on the window because I didn't want to see anything odd at 2 a.m. The sound 
now came from right in front of my window. I didn't dare open my eyes. I just repeatedly started telling myself to sleep until the sound can be heard again. But this time it came from inside my room, Ah, right in front of my bed. I really didn't remember what happened after that. I just managed to sleep and woke up in the morning. Nothing was wrong with my body or my room. A couple of days later, I decided to move out, not because of the paranormal encounter, but because the landlord had her grandchildren coming over every day from morning to night, and I can't stand hearing their cries and screams all day. (laughs) I never experienced anything spooky after I moved out. The end. Ooh, so that house was just... That house was the source for the paranormal. It's not this person. So, I mean, that's a relief. Yeah, right. At least it's not you, like, being, like, cursed and haunted or something. It's just the house you're living in. So, like, it's one of those cases where you can escape it so it's not too bad. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That's, like, I think that's, like, the most horrifying thing is the realization of once you move out of a house because of, say, I mean, other factors, but, you know, you have paranormal activity and you want to get away from that, too. And -hmm. then you go to another house and then paranormal activity, the same activity happens in that house as well. And then yeah. you realize it's following you. That Jeez. that is traumatizing because then you just feel like the rest of your life you're just going to be followed by a spirit that you can't see and yeah. that you can't control. So that was a good one. Oof, Thanks. Okay. So okay, your turn. My next story is my mom's gift. So these are some things my mom told me about when she was a kid. She had a special gift. It was crazy. I didn't ask her if I could tell her story on the internet, but she talks about it to many people. So I don't think it matters. <laughs> One day she was at the restaurant with her parents and she told her dad she had to use the bathroom at home. He told her she could use the restaurant's bathroom, but she insisted and eventually convinced him to take her home. When they got to their house, the grandpa's safe or strong box, whatever you call it, was missing. I guess the police caught the men because one day they came to show my mom the picture of the two men with no mention context. She looked at the pictures and told her dad, hey, it's the men who took your safe. She had never seen the men in person. Another time, she was sleeping with her parents in their bed, and at some odd hour of the night, she just sat up. In the morning, my grandma got a call from someone telling her someone in the family, I can't remember who, had died that night. They died at the exact same time my mom sat up. My mom stopped seeing things after years of seeing stuff and having one of her aunts constantly asking her to tell her if she saw something about her. When she was much older, one day a random lady came to her in a store, I think, and said, when you'll want it to come back, it will. Oh. Yeah, one time when we had been living in the last house my parents shared before they broke up, for a little while, she was vacuuming an air duct in the living room. She found an envelope in the name of the wife of the man who owned the house a while ago. That woman had been dead for many years, by the way. So my mom opened the envelope and there was a lot of money inside. I can't remember exactly how much, but I think it was upwards of like a little more than a thousand dollars, possibly more. I don't know. Uh, The previous owners had cleaned the whole house before we moved in and including the air duct. My mom told me that before she found the money, every time she was alone near that corner, she would feel some kind of presence. We assumed it was the woman who placed the envelope there for my mom and was trying to get her to look in the air duct. After she found it, she never felt that presence again. That's a good fucking gift to have, lady. Um, Not only (laughs) to have the gift of being able to sense spirits and be able to communicate or sense things um, just in general of happenings in the universe, but a ghost directed you to some thousand dollars? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good gift to have. Like... Uh, I'd start playing the lottery. I'm going to need to have a staff meeting with my spirit guides and be like, look, y'all, 
Um, I'm not getting my, I didn't get my stimulus check yet, and uh, your girl kind of wants some money, so... Where, where's the, where's this nearest air duct with some money? One of you guys is slack, and tell me where this air duct is right now. <laughs> Literally. Okay, so what's your next story? Okay, my next story <clears throat> is called The Purple Towel. Ooh, okay. Okay. Ugh, let me get comfortable. Get comfortable, girl. Okay. Almost everyone that I've told this to thought I was lying or just thought I was crazy. I have believed in spirits ever since I was five years old, mostly because my sister would always tell me they were real, but mostly because my dad used to watch a lot of ghost adventures and such, and I was five when we had moved into this haunted apartment. I'm not sure if anyone else in our house really did have any experiences, but I for sure did. Let me give you some deets on how our upstairs looked. The stairs were all the way to the right of the house. As soon as you walked all the way up, you could see the bathroom door at the top, and if you look to the left, there was my door at a 90-degree angle and a banister waist level so you couldn't fall down the stairs. One morning, I was super late for school, and my dad was downstairs getting ready. I had already taken a shower and such, but I was about to wash my hands. Um, I'm not sure why. So I go in the bathroom, grab the purple towel I was using, and remember walking into my room for some reason. It's like I was in a trance or half asleep, but I still vividly remember it. Anyways, I throw the towel on the floor because my dad's telling me to hurry. I told him I had to pee, so I run in the bathroom and left the door open. I'm a male to give more context. Um, but I'm standing there looking at the door opening. I'm not sure if I thought it was odd or not, but as I'm looking into the hallway, I see the purple towel, perfectly folded, fly from my room to the banister. I stand there, finishing up, still looking at the towel like, what the hell did I just watch? Even typing this out, I kind of get shivers, and my heart is kind of freaking out. Anyways, I wasn't really too scared since I've had some other things happen to me in that apartment. Thinking back on it, I had some balls not running. I walk over to it, take it off the banister, and this thing was like hotel perfectly folded. Mind you, no one was upstairs but me. My sister had left to go to middle school, and my mother was at an appointment. I look everywhere in my room trying to find someone even though I know no one is there. The closet, behind my TV, on top of my bunk bed, under my bed, everywhere. I peeked in my mother's room, but I could see inside her room when I was peeing and it still wouldn't explain the purple towel coming from my room. It's like someone was gently tossed from my door. It was about two feet after the, from the railing it landed on. After, I ran down to my dad yelling at him what had happened and he was kind of on the fence about it but he said we would check when we got back since we were running late the funny thing is me and my sister deep cleaned our room that day so now looking back to it i look at it like oh the spirit was just trying to leave my room clean since i had thrown it in the middle of the room <laughs> later on i heard that someone had died in there i think i'm not sure my memory is a little fuzzy from my childhood but that's one thing i will never forget a few other things happened, like a coat hanger that was swinging in my closet, hearing a little girl go, hey, after I tried communicating with whatever was there. I wouldn't say it was an aggressive spirit, as it always seemed like it was just hanging out. I was super freaked out, though, as I'm sure any other kid would be. Looking back, it was kind of cool, the fact that most people don't get to experience a nice haunting. That is some poltergeist-ish right there. It really is, isn't it? Hmm. And, and, of course, the purple towel related to the bathroom. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Dots everywhere. K 
connected to the bathroom. Bathroom alert. Bathroom alert. Bathroom alert. <laughs> but okay. So I you know, I saw that title to the purple the purple the purple bath towel. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I was like, I have a feeling Lily's gonna pick that one. <laughs> Just had that feeling. Okay. So, my next story is, I bought a doll in Toys R Us when I was younger, and it was haunted. Ooh. Okay, so basically when I was younger, my church took a bunch of, bunch of us kids to Toys R Us. They gave us a budget, and we could buy whatever we wanted for Christmas. Nice church. When yeah, we, right? How do I join? Right? When we, all, when we went, we all ran around with our parents and chose the toys we wanted. I got a Barbie set with clothes and a car. This seems like a pretty good budget because Barbie is expensive AF. Okay. I also got a Polly Pocket Closet and a few other dolls. Okay. Okay, money. I got a few board games also. And finally, they said we had five minutes left. So I was near the actual dolls. So I rushed looking for one that had brown hair like mine. I finally found one with two minutes left and she had brown hair and bangs and it was half up. She had on a pink shirt, a denim jacket and same color jeans. She had a little pink phone in her hand with painted buttons. Such a look. There was also a button in the palm of her other hand that allowed her to talk, but there was no feature for her to move. It was just a basic doll. That's all it was. I reached for it and grabbed it, but my sister was getting toys also, and she liked it too, so we fought for it. My mom told us to share it since it was like the last one left, and we agreed. When we got home, we wrapped everything but the doll so we could open it and start playing. My sister and I ripped the box open, and we played with the doll all day. When it was bedtime, we put her up on our bookshelf and went to sleep. I remember what happened because I woke up pretty late and automatically looked up at my bookshelf. The the doll turned its head to look at me and moved its arm. I couldn't sleep all night watching it, so the next day I told my sister about it and she laughed at me. Night came and the next... uh, The night came, and it moved again, and the doll had moved once again, moved its arms, its head, and was not on the bookshelf. My sister freaked out and couldn't sleep, and I freaked out and hid under the covers. The next morning, we told our stepdad, and he laughed and said, Oh, watch out, it's a Chucky situation. (laughs) (laughs) That would be me. Yeah. The situation a thousand times worse by making (laughs) We brought the doll out to him and told him to look at it, and jokingly started making its arms move and legs move, and then gave it back to us. We took it, and as soon as we did, it moved, so we threw it off the balcony. He went back down to get it, but then the doll moved it in its arms, and he threw it over the balcony also. <laughs> <laughs> did you picture this Zazzo skeptical goes to pick it up, and then the, dog start, the doll starts twitching in his arms? He's like, oh, fuck that shit. I'm throwing this shit out the balcony, too. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what was going on with the doll, but we never picked it up. I know the doll moved on. It's known it was a brand. It was. I'm sorry. The doll. I know the doll moved on. It's known, but it's brand new and not owned by anyone else at all. I have no idea why that happened. Also, I never saw anything come of the doll or anything ever again. Mm. So okay. I actually have goosebumps. So this is what I'm thinking. So yes, yeah, they say this is brand new. It was never opened, but sometimes. People buy things, bring it to their homes. They realize maybe the doll isn't for them or for whatever reason they can't afford it. They bring it back to return it. So maybe this was in a house that was haunted and the spirit attached to the doll so that it can move around. So that's, that's my theory. Maybe this was actually sent from like another house that previously owned the doll. Ooh, probably something. Whatever happened, it wasn't good. Yeah. Because the doll is definitely, there's definitely something wrong with that doll. Uh-huh. Or not wrong. There's nothing wrong with you, sweetie. There's something uh, paranormal about that doll. Yeah. That. Okay. 
be PC about for the dolls, you know? Yeah. Because is, is Boots down there with you? Don't fuck with me, Lily. Was there a cat here? Something just moved behind you. <laughs> I'm not even lying. Well, I just saw something move. Like what? Like on the floor? No, like behind you. Is that... There was... Oh. Something just moved behind you. <laughs> Lily, you're gonna make me shit my pants. <laughs> Lily, the door's closed. The door's closed, so nothing could have come down here. Yeah, I just saw something move behind... Uh, over, like, way in the back. Like, not on that side. Like, no, to move to your right. Nope, nope, other right. Yeah, yeah. And then go back. Yeah, like back there. Something moved back there. No. Yeah, like right there, exactly where you were just standing. Stop it. I'm not even lying. Something like fell or something. There's nothing to fall. Nothing's on the floor. Well, I saw something move, and that's my story, and I'm sticking There's to it. There's literally nothing on the floor. Oh, my God. Okay, so um, so t- for tomorrow's episode, we're going to be filming outside <laughs> because I would have burned down this fucking townhouse. Thank you very much. Oh, my God. What the hell? Okay, I guess that's a celebration of the of the one-year anniversary of just ghouling things. Something weird has to happen. You were talking about this, right? Oh, maybe it was that. It wasn't moving, though. It wouldn't have moved. Listen, something moved. Okay, all right. So, um, I guess I'm gonna go shit my pants now. Did I read or do? uh, Wait, do you have to read? I don't even know where we are anymore. I think, yeah, I think it's my turn. Okay, okay. Your doll story. Okay, just want to make sure. Okay, this is called one personal case with merit. I am a serious skeptic with decades of debunking behind me, and I have a few cases that cannot be covered by SP, sleep disorders, infrasound, carbon monoxide, or anything. One personal one occurred a few years after my paternal grandfather died, though it, though this was before I dealt with his estate. I was spending a week repairing the old maternal family Bible, a damp, damaged 17th century Welsh edition, so a tough bit of work, and I went to a living room for a break. On the exact spot I was born, old family, old house, was a fixed pillar of smoke. I was a pipe smoker at the time, so I recognized it by color and character and opened all the windows to clear this mysterious being. It did not move at all and had a distinct Tonquin bean scent. I don't know what a Tonquin is, so... Um, The exact same one that filled the hospital room during the final prayers of my paternal grandfather. I am an ex-Methodist preacher, so that fell to me. The pillar was seen and photographed by others. Three weeks later, I handled the estate, opened a sealed room, and found a Tonquin-based pipe tobacco tin. I hope I'm saying that word right. I think so. I spent 12 years ruling out any way I could have known that scent, and there was no way or means that I could know it other than the spirits held me at a moment of a life ended and supported me to catalog the family history. Simple and odd, but interesting. Hmm. So, basically, this guy was handling the family Bible. He went to take a break, and there was a pillar of smoke that he 
and he's been a longtime pipe smoker. And he's like, okay, that's weird. So he goes to open windows and he recognizes the scent. And then later on, he's handling the estate, opens up a sealed room that like no one's been in, mm-hmm. and then finds a pipe. So you think that, so you're connecting the pipe from the other room to what the smoke was? Because you don't think it was his smoke? No, I don't. He said he's, I mean, that's the paranormal part, is that it wasn't his pipe smoke. That's so weird. Yeah, but his grandfather had passed away, so. There's, like, that connection to the grandfather. But was it his grandfather's house that that happened in? I think so. Okay, okay, I was going to say, because it was in some random person. Like, it was, like, in a house he just moved into or something. Um, but that's weird. It's like kind of a sign, just letting him know that he's present still in the house, like looking over him. Interesting. So my next story is shorter. Um, it's titled, I saw my sister's soul question mark. So (laughs) this was years ago. Our mom had just passed away and my oldest sister kind of took over the mom role. So sister number one was going through some health issues and was resting. And sister number two was in her room that was next to mine. That morning, I remember I was about to walk out the door, and I saw my sister number one's feet slash ankles at the bottom of the stairs. We lived in a townhome, so the top floor covered ankles and up if someone was at the top stair. Anyway, I said bye to my sister and let her know I was going to school, but she didn't respond and didn't continue walking, so she just stood at the top of the stairs. I kept waiting for her to say something or move, but she didn't, and I figured she was upset with me or something. I don't know, so I just left. Fast forward years later, I was talking with my two sisters, and that period of time that that incident happened came up. Sister number two told us a story of her coming out of her room and she saw sister number one facing out of my room looking, uh, facing out of my room window looking towards where my bus stop was and she kept walking down the hall until she reaches sister number one's room who had her door open and sees sister number one again but sleeping in her own bed. She looks back at my room and there was no one in there. Gives me chills just thinking about it. So sister number two then talks about feeling so sick but still wanting to check up on me to make sure I made it to school okay. So she felt like she dreamt that. She was looking out for me to make sure I got on the school bus okay. Then later when I got home from school, I was wearing the exact same thing that I was wearing in her dream. Maybe it was AP. I don't know. It just gives me chills every time I think about it. All my sisters do have a history of sleep paralysis. So I think that this was probably a doppelganger situation of seeing, you know, a presence. And the fact that this experience happened amongst the sisters where they could verify that they did see the sister, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't her. It's just a doppelgangers always give me chills. It's just such a weird concept. It really is such a weird. How was it really said? Duplaganger? Doppelganger. Oh my god, yes, I remember that. <laughs> oh, that was for our doppelganger episode. <gasps> Memories. Oh god. Okay. All right, Lily, what's your last story? My last story is short, but it's cute. It's called Something Added Lemon to My Water. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm on mobile, so forgive me for any weird formatting. This just happened last night after dinner. I got up from the table and refilled my glass when the dispenser in the kitchen from the dispenser in the kitchen and went to my room to continue a game I was playing. Inside was my younger sister in my bed, just doing her thing, and before I closed my door, my cat followed me in. An important detail. I sat at my desk and placed my full glass away from my laptop, but close enough so I could see it just along the edge of my range of view while I play. After about 30 minutes, I blindly reached for my glass and take a sip, then stopped when I noticed it tasted different. 
I looked down and see a piece of lemon floating in the water. It wasn't a clean slice, but more like a ripped off piece from a slice. My sister hadn't left the bed. And even if she did, I can see her and hear her get off. I asked my sister if any other cats were here because maybe one tried to sneak a drink from my glass and left a present but she said only my cat was there. I asked my mom if she came into my room while I was distracted, and she said no. Now, we do have lemon water in the house, but it has been in the fridge all day and wasn't brought out during any meals throughout the day. I even saw the pitcher in the fridge, still full, when I went in to grab some leftovers to heat up for dinner. My sister and I just shrugged it off and said, thank you out loud for the lemon water. <laughs> the end. Aw, very hospitable. That's sweet. Yeah. I mean, I do you like lemon in your water? Do you prefer putting things in your water? Do you just like straight up water? I like just regular water. Yeah, me too. I'm not a big fruit in the. I just feel like it tastes funky. Yeah, if I want like fruit, if I want fruit flavored water, like I'll, I want it to be sparkling. Yeah, that's exactly me too. Like the seltzer, like the lemon lime sort of thing. Yeah. I can totally deal with that, but not in just regular still water. Yeah. It's- kind of freaked me out yeah like I think okay so have you ever had experiences when you're younger and you think you're tasting something but it ends up being something different like if you're thinking you're eating a chocolate chip cookie and then you have an oatmeal raisin and it like throws you off and it gives you like trust issues like that's how I felt one day so my mom always kept water in her car and it's so it's so unsanitary because it would be like the summer and she kept a fucking water bottle in her little console we'll keep it there for days and then if I was thirsty she'd just be like drink that water and I'm like I'm mom it's warm and she'd be like it's still wet you could still drink it so like I would, so I would drink the water and I remember one time she had this phase where she really liked this flavored water that it was like um raspberry or something but it was just regular water but with the raspberry flavor and I started to drink a lot of it thinking it was regular water and oh the taste of it threw me off so much that I barred myself from ever having that type of water again. And I just recently started getting into seltzer-flavored water. And I'm okay with that. But, yeah, like, it brings me back to that memory, and I'm, like, triggered from it. So Get war flashbacks. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> okay. So this story's a little oh long. Oh, my God. Something's moving behind you. Something is moving behind you. Oh, Lily. Lily, it's the light. Oh, my God. Wait, are you talking about that? No. Or something's moving next to you. There was something moving. Oh, it's your microphone. This? Lily, my heart's sinking into my ass. Oh, my God. It's your fucking microphone. <laughs> oh, my God. Lily. Oh, my God. Okay, at least we know what it is. Lily. Like- Lily, my heart is pounding so fucking hard right now. I'm sorry. It scared the shit out like, of me. Like, my body feels weak, and I think I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's your microphone okay 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 for those people listening there's no depth perception when everything's all dark so it's hard to tell okay okay i'm sorry rebecca i didn't mean to scare you all right this was gonna be our last episode because i would have fucking died on (laughs) our one year anniversary thank you very much okay Oh, I needed to take a breather. Okay, I'm like literally shaking right now. I am too. I really thought I was just witnessing some paranormal activity, and I have real mixed emotions about it. Okay, all right. So this one is titled, this is a little longer, but it seems like a really good one. It's called, I've Died Twice. Ooh. All right. I'd like to just state that I'm from the Pacific Northwest, and the following is 100% true as far as I, can, I know and that I'm concerned. Um, 
Also, I've never been diagnosed with any mental disorder or ailment, so I'm certain I'm sane. My whole life, I had these Must audio nights, <laughs> right? <laughs> I... <laughs> My whole life, I've had these odd encounters with things that can't be described by any mainstream scientific explanation, and they are often countered as pure mental illusions by my religion. I've also been fairly good at understanding and reading people, leading me as well as my family and other friends to think I'm an empath. I have a firm grasp of time and know how to tell... Uh, how to tell time on any clock by the edge of two. I've always been skeptical of everything and always looked into things, but I don't think, but I don't have much of a solid explanation from certain things. When I was about eight years old, my parents told me I had briefly died when I was about three days old. My breathing stopped and I was declared brain dead by doctors, but my parents didn't accept it and prayed, as did my grandparents and various nurses and doctors involved. Several hours later, some suggested my mom perform an infant CPR on me, and after a few tries, I was breathing again, and they put me on life support for a few days, including a breathing tube down my throat. From then on until I was about six years old, I was almost, certainly si I was almost constantly sick with some kind of disease, and now, almost 20 years old, I get sick maybe once a year, if not less. So just a really weird situation there. Wow. Now, I remember very little before the age of four or five, like many people, but I have very few clear, but I have very few clear memories, one of which I believe to be when I died for a few hours. I remember going underground like I was astral projecting, and I saw all manner of creature and person alike. Not long after, I was in what looked like a space mixed with a Hollywood portrayal of heaven, and I, and I saw dragons and angels and other things all going into their business. Then one of the people noticed me and placed their hand on my forehead and said, it's not your time, then pushed me down and everything went black. The next thing I remember was when my parents used to clean our church. I was about four years old and I had siblings, but I would often run off to play with my friend away from my siblings, who my mom eventually told me was the ghost of a little girl who supposedly several people had seen at our church throughout the years, though I think she was my guardian angel because I saw her several more times throughout the years in many different places. As I got older, I saw weirder and stranger things. I, like I said, when I was eight, I took the garbage out at night and I saw a demon standing behind my trash bin outside and he offered me a knife. Then I ran inside. Or when I was a freshman in high school and I saw a teenage boy who was partly transparent flying around my school's theater. Or the time this last fall, I saw two creatures at my college near our field arguing and whatever their dialect is sounded like a mix of mangled Greek and motorcycle sputtering. And I ran when the larger one, roughly the size of a small church, looked at me and made a noise that kind of sounded like a bark or a gunshot. There was a few times I managed to actual project in the last few years and I managed to fly around the universe and see what I was told by beings I talked to that it was several of the cities of Atlantis. Once I managed to fall into what I would learn a few years later is called the back rooms. One crazier, shorter experience was back in two, October of 2019, about a month before my encounter with the large shadowy beings. My friends and I were driving back to school from the store. We all lived on campus. And my friend turned too late onto the gravel road we needed to take, and he drove through a transformer pole and a power pole, which were side by side. Everyone was freaking out, and one of the poles was falling on top of the car, and as an instinct, I threw up my hand and imagined the pole being tossed to the side. Then, we all saw the pole bounce in mid-air about five feet above the car and fall to the side, completely missing us. The car had almost no damage to it, aside from the dented hood and a bent license plate, and no one had a single injury, so we, pretty, we were pretty lucky. 
Sorry to jump around in timeline so much, just the way my mind works. So when I was a sophomore in high school, my best friend committed suicide. This came about a month after I'd gotten out of a very abusive relationship where the girl I was dating had forced me to do a number of things against my will, like making me try hard drugs and forcing me to have sex when I insisted against it. My friend's passing was too much on top of it all, so one night when I went to bed, I cut my arms over a hundred times vertical and horizontal and cut my wrists as deep as I could and let everything fade to black. Then after what I felt to be an hour of total darkness, I felt a child's hand on my forehead and heard the voice of a ghost girl I used to play with. And she said to me, this is your last chance with this one. Please be careful. And I lost all consciousness. When I woke up, it was the next morning and a weekend. I checked my arms and they were completely healed of all my old scars and cuts from the previous night and had a terrible headache. Wow. Later that day, I got a text from my friend who died almost two weeks prior. And all the text said was, I'm sorry, we can't be friends anymore. I was in shock, so I checked her Facebook, and I couldn't view her page. I checked other social media apps and realized she blocked me everywhere for some reason, and the next day, my number was blocked. We only had one mutual friend, and when I called him up to ask what had happened, he was very confused and told me her and I hadn't spoken over a month, and I was extremely confused. After arguing for about an hour with him, I dropped it and decided to go to bed. As the months went by, I never heard from her again and drifted apart from our mutual friend not long after. Other small changes also became more apparent in my life, and the Mandela effect seemed like it was a lot more prevalent than I remembered it used to be. Wow. If anyone here has ever seen or heard something they can't explain or had any similar experiences to me in some way, please let me know and feel free to comment. This person has got a gift. Yeah, some weird shit going on. Some weird shit going on. And then the fact that this person has supposedly, like, died twice and come back and every experience was, you know, being met with somebody saying, like, it's not your time and going Mm -hmm. back. Um it's just so fascinating to me and it makes you think like, you know, if there is something after this, like what, if you die unexpectedly or you die in like a freak accident like that, what makes you come back to life? Like, like, is there, is it maybe you have unfinished business? Like, you know, it's like, it makes you believe like there is fate where, you know, everything happens for a reason, but then it's like, if you died, if you clinically died and then, you know, you have this experience in the other world where they say it's not your time and you go back, was that fate being messed with? Like, like what were you supposed to have that experience to then, you know, fulfill, yeah. Then to fulfill what you were supposed to do because you had that experience on the other side. I don't know. It's just like, you could just play around so many different theories. And I find that so fascinating. I really do. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So that concludes this episode of just ghouly things. The quarantine spooky story special episode 39 and our official one year anniversary of just ghouly things. So thank you guys again for listening. Thank you so much for just being along for the ride with us for the past year. And, um, again, to many more years of telling ghost stories. Yay. So let's go through our social media, right? Let's do it. All right. Follow our Instagram. Just Lily Things Podcast. Our personal Instagram, at Rebecca Ruber and... At Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Lily Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Lily Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Lily Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share in our show, feel free to email us at... Just Lily Things Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Thanks. We have a couple awesome guest co-hosts on during the week, so stay tuned for that. And we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.